You're listening to the Exhibitionist Podcast, hosted by Nicola Reader and brought to you by InspiringExhibitors.com and ProExtra, a wholly owned subsidiary of 12th Man Solutions Limited. Hi there and welcome to episode 33 of the Exhibitionist Podcast. As always, thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. And on this episode, we'll be handing over to a conversation we had recently with Omar Jimenez of Steelhead Productions. So more about that in a second. There has been a slight gap since our last episode, so apologies for that. Um, Sometimes life just gets in the way, and I guess that's the same for everybody. You get busy with work, you get busy with home life. I had a really bad cold. And there were some things where we just thought we can put out an episode, but it probably won't be as good as we know it can be, and therefore let's take the time to make it right. So apologies, we haven't had an episode out in the last couple of weeks, but we are back now, fighting fit and raring to go. So before we get to our conversation with Omar, there was one statistic that popped up on my screen this week that I was really surprised about, and I just wanted to raise it as I thought it might be of interest to you guys. And that fact is that the average number of images shared by exhibitors and visitors at an exhibition is 21. So for a three-day exhibition, there's an average of 21 photographs and images being shared from all of the thousands, tens of thousands, sometimes even hundreds of thousands of people going to that event. And that to me seemed like a really small number. And if that's an average, that probably means for a lot of exhibitions and a lot of events, that number's even smaller. And we all know that phrase, an image, a picture is worth a thousand words. They can work so hard for you, particularly on social media or creating content for the future. So I just wondered why it was that more images weren't being shared at events and maybe wanted to give you guys the chance to just think a bit differently about how you might use images in future and where they can be appropriate and useful in terms of marketing at an event. So after I'd read that statistic, I just asked around a couple of our clients and some of the contacts we've got and said, what is it about images that maybe they aren't getting used as much as they could be? Do you and your team take uh, photographs at the events that you're at? What do you do with them? And actually the response I got was that for most exhibitors and uh, people we work with, there are plenty of images that are taken. Everybody within their squad's got a camera phone these days. There's usually somebody there with a tablet as well. Some even employ professional photographers. So there's loads and loads of images, but nobody really thinks beforehand what they're going to use those for. So they're all swimming about in an organisation, but never really get used for anything. So there's this real desire in the planning to think, we must get images, we must get images. But no real thought about how do we actually use them to drive visitors to our stand during the event and to make sure people, a wider audience, know about what we were doing after the event. So I guess a couple of things that we would think about is we always give a tip to say, maybe send a photograph, an image of your team out before the show on social media or in an email because people like to recognise faces. We all feel a bit more approachable and a bit more friendly if we think, oh yeah, I recognise that face. So it can be a really good way of making visitors who are thinking of coming to see you just have that memory cue to think, oh yeah, I recognise that face. I wanted to talk to those guys. And then maybe we talk about roles and responsibilities of your squad quite a lot. So maybe appoint that one person in your team who's going to take the photographs, but then actually do something with them. So post three times during the day, Um, of an event with an image to say come and see us we're just serving some fresh food if you're sampling or if you've got a machine that's working we're doing a demonstration now or a picture of somebody who's doing maybe a keynote speech just to say they're heading over to the stage now ready to meet you so we're thinking beforehand about how do we use that to drive some people and it not just be an image but a reason for people to come and visit you something that makes them think oh yeah I really need to get to that stand that that's really important And then after the show, we advise our clients to send a photograph of your stand looking busy to all the contacts that you're following up with. So you'll have seen a lot of people, but visitors will also have spoken to a lot of exhibitors. And although you might have had a great conversation, they might not necessarily remember who you are. So including an image of your stand and the graphics and some of the key messages might just help trigger that memory and for them to think, yeah, actually, that was a really useful conversation and I really wanted to talk to those people. That's three ways, really, that images can be used proactively rather than just taking them and storing them on your phone. So I think that was the big problem, as I say, when I spoke to people. It's not about not having the images. It's about not knowing what to do with them and not proactively planning what to do with them. And if you think there's 
an average, going back to that number, of 21 images being shared from events. Well, you'll be miles ahead of your competitors if you just put out three or four images. Nobody else seems to be doing it, so it hopefully will give you that competitive advantage over everybody else on the floor because your images are out there. And also, I know from an organiser's perspective, they'd love to see as much collateral and as much activity out there of the show, so they'll hopefully be really supportive and retweet, share, like, etc., all of the things that you're putting out. And they don't have an awful lot to choose from, so no doubt yours will get shared. So hopefully that's useful. If you wanted any more information on how to use pictures and images, and even video if you can get it effectively, um, there's two blogs that I read that I thought were quite useful. One is at modex.com and one's at vim.com. So that's modex, M-O-D-E-X.com and vim, V-I-M-M.com. And if you go to those two sites and just put in Google images, uh, use of pictures at, at trade shows, those blogs should come up and help you. So a company that we know who handle content really well and give some great advice through their blogs to their customers, but also just the trade show industry in general, are Steelhead Productions based over in Las Vegas. We interact with them quite a lot on social media, like a lot of the things they're doing on LinkedIn, have conversations with them. So we thought it would be useful to get one of their team on the show talking about what's the exhibition industry like in America, where they're primarily based, what are some of the challenges they've got, um, and how are they coping with those? So over to Omar from Steelhead Productions for that conversation and hope you enjoy it. Okay, so on this week's edition of the Exhibitionist podcast, we are very excited to be heading over to the glamour of Las Vegas and we are joined by Omar Jimenez from Steelhead Productions. So welcome to the show, Omar. Thank you. Thank you so much. So we are on 20 past four in the afternoon over here. Tell us what time it is in Las Vegas. It is 8.13 a.m. here in this fabulous city of Las Vegas. And I can see Omar while we're recording this, and oh my gosh, he looks bright and breezy for 20 past eight in the morning. I wish I could look that good at this time. <laughs> I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Brilliant. So Omar, um, we've been wanting to speak to somebody from Steelhead for a while. We follow a lot of your content, um, and we have a lot of values and a lot of um, thinking that's quite similar around exhibitions. But for our listeners who aren't as aware of you, tell us a little bit about your organization and your background personally and what the current role is that you're doing for Steelhead. Okay, yeah, awesome. So Steelhead is a relatively um, a small business compared to some of the bigger exhibit houses um, located throughout the, you know, the states. We are 22 years in business and we started in Seattle and a couple of years ago, I believe it was 2001, we decided to come um, to the States or to Vegas um, because Las Vegas is a trade show capital of the world. And that's kind of where we, you know, we, we grew and we got established. And some of our, our methods and philosophies around exhibiting um, kind of came up through just our experience and things like that. The founder, um, his name is Jim, Jim Anderson, and he used to be an event manager, event organizer, um, and kind of really in the industry and realized that there was a lot of flaws and there's a lot of money that was being wasted um, for, for just the exhibit production itself. And as far as like the customer experience, it was very stressful. Um, there was a lot of logistical burdens and, and a lot of things that were involved other than just you know, designing a booth, going to the event, um, and making sure that you executed all of your goals. So we've, over the last couple of years, we've definitely modified um, kind of our strategy and and really became, uh, um, how would I say it? We became like almost like revolutionaries or revolutionists in, in the industry. We want to do things different. We've decided, we've pulled away 100% from buying exhibits or selling exhibits. So we no longer sell any kind of exhibit. We are fully rental model um, just to build sustainability around the world and, and kind of raise that environment um, and awareness to everybody else that's out there. Um, a little story about me is I started in the warehouse, um, just loading and receiving uh, docks and trucks and I kind of just fell in love with the with the executive leadership team um, the way they handled it the way they communicate openly throughout the entire company every every Wednesday 
um, or the first Wednesday of every month, we have a team meeting where every steelheader is involved and we talk about numbers, we talk about goals, we talk about problems. Um, any, any conversation, it's open and it's transparent. Um, and I really, really, really enjoyed that. So I wanted to grow within this company. Um, in one of those meetings, it came up that we were looking for uh, some positions and anybody who was interested or knew somebody who would be interested in kind of applying for that position to kind of head them into the, uh, we call them ELT, the executive leadership team. Um, and then they would, you know, review their resume and see if, and see if it was a fit. With that said, I was extremely interested. So um, with zero, zero background, zero college history, um, I went in, I knocked on the CMO's door and Rhiannon Anderson, who's my current uh, fearless leader, she, she gave me the opportunity and was willing to risk, um, you know, wasting a lot of time and resources in me. Um, and with that, with the faith that I had in her and she had in me, um, I'm like almost two years in my current role and I'm doing great. I feel it. I love it. Um, I love talking to people. I love helping people um, kind of get a better understanding understanding of what we do and how we do it versus um, some other exhibit houses who are out here and and really just profit for some is is the main goal and we really want to make the entire process enjoyable so so it just became a fit um, I love it I'm extremely happy I'm currently a market manager here at Steelhead Productions and I get to work with this amazing um, he's my partner Andrew Childers and he has a lot of experience in the exhibit industry, both um, in the States and abroad. And I get to learn from him every single day. And it's just every day we're growing, every day we're learning, and we're pushing ourselves to, to kind of do that and encourage others to do the same. And it's, it's really interesting. There's a few things kind of in what you were saying there that I think that the sustainability, sustainability angle will pick up on later on. And I think um, your story is a classic from events and exhibitions that actually you, you can get a real long way in this industry sometimes with a degree, sometimes not with a degree. It's about kind of just finding the opportunities and making the most of them. Um, and I think for our UK listeners, you know, if you, if you don't know Steelhead, I think everything that Omar's saying about, you know, we're really passionate about helping people. When you see the content that you guys deliver, the blogs and the videos and everything else that goes with it, that kind of passion and that desire to, to help is, is really obvious. That's not just something that you say as a marketing strapline as a business. I think, you know, whatever I see coming out from Steelhead is, and that's why kind of we wanted to talk to you. I think we've got a lot of, of those sorts of values in, in common, which is, is good to see. Um, awesome. <laughs> but just picking up on, um, our listeners will know that I talked a little bit about CES in the previous episode of the podcast and the weird um, adult baby stroller that uh, Segway had launched at this one I just thought was a little bit strange. But um, <laughs> CES has just rolled out of your hometown. So tell us from a professional perspective what caught your eye and just as an electronics consumer what did you think was brilliant about this year's show yeah of course well ces was hectic you know um there's i think it's like over 180 to from 180 to 200,000 people who are, are attending this conference so getting around the show um is physically hard you know you're like walking through crowds and things like that so having something that kind of pops up and engages you is is huge and some of those things for me were um the uh what's the name for it they were i uh, can't think of the name <laughs> can't think of the name right now um but they're like projectors uh i can't i can't i can't think of the name but there was all over the place as far as like the accessory environment everything's going wireless you know, um, the drones, that entire industry, they had like a whole section of just drones um, and the way that you're going to record film, the way you can do um, essentially just record anything in your life as far as like sports or um, podcasts or you're doing videos for, for LinkedIn or anything like that. Drones are really coming huge. And, and kind of simplifying the entire process. Something that I found really, really exciting was the self-driven cars. I don't know how that's gonna happen yet, you know? There's, I'm sure there's a lot of logistical uh, issues that they gotta face, but there was this really cool booth that had a helicopter Uber ride. So um, what, what you would do is you would like 
climb up to the roof, get on this helicopter, and it would take you to another roof. And it was just like, the, the travel time was like five minutes from one place to another. And it's exciting to see what like just the future holds and, and how we're evolving into, you know, self-driven objects and, and, yeah. and whether that be a car, trains, um, buses, helicopters. Yeah. <laughs> I can only imagine how much money it must cost to get an Uber helicopter. I aspire oh, in yeah. my lifetime to be getting an Uber helicopter at some point. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. Me too. Me too. I actually got to sit inside of one um, wow. at CES and they have the lines and it is pretty amazing, you know, um, just to see the technology kind of scary because there's nobody driving it, um, which is really scary, actually. Yeah, very. But, um, <laughs> but it's exciting to see like how they're going to kind of solve those issues and make people feel um, safe, safe you know? yeah, yeah. And, and, and still manage to to utilize everyone's time at the best you know we only have so much minutes so many minutes throughout our day so when we can alleviate some of the travel distance it's gonna gonna provide more minutes for other stuff yeah absolutely so so ces some people say the biggest trade show in the world and certainly they, they quote huge numbers but how is the world of exhibitions over in the u.s at the moment what are the challenges that you're facing how's the industry overcoming some of those challenges yeah so um a challenge in the industry, I think, would be staying top of mind, you know, for like exhibitors in general. Um, there's so many people and so many trade show exhibit houses who are out here um, and doing great, great stuff. Um, and I think a challenge for exhibitors or for event managers would be trying to find somebody who's a good fit. Um as far as like, whether your production needs, what are your, what are your, what does your design require? What kind of environment do you want around your booth? Um, And really, I think the biggest challenge is kind of filtering out some of the the exhibit houses to get, to find somebody that's a good fit for you. And because there's so many um, here in the States and, you know, abroad, it's, it, I think that's the biggest challenge is kind of identifying Who's a good fit so you're not wasting your time talking to 100 people? And I think there's a lot of exhibitors in the UK that if you're starting for the first time to design a, a stand, you call them booths, we call them stands, um, you know, it's that kind of, how do I find a stand builder who, who matches my needs, who's going to understand really quickly what it is that I'm looking for, who's going to, going to get me. And there's a lot to be said for just finding someone, I think, who's got shared values and who works in the same way as you. Would you, would you say that's kind of what you mean by... By fit, finding the people that are going to Yeah, definitely. You. Definitely. You know, I think, I think it's important to do kind of some research, learn about the company that you're working for, not only how they do their work and what kind of work they do, but how they treat the people on the inside, because essentially they're the ones that are going to be handling majority of the work for you. And you want to have some similarities. The, the energy wants, needs to match. Um, as far as the goals and um, the execution of the event needs to align with the people who are helping you and part- partnering up with you to help crush those goals. Yeah, absolutely. So, and Steelhead, um, you Steelheaders, as you call yourselves, which is, is great, yes. um, was kind of a, an organization that was founded out of booth design, stand design and build, and, and now as you say, you're purely, purely rental. Um, but what are some of the key trends, the things that clients are asking you for at the moment? So I'm guessing technology is probably quite a big thing. People are looking for more and more tech in their, in their booths. But, but what are some of the other things that people are asking you for? I think it's, an, it's visibility and brand awareness. Based on my experience, um, for, for example, if you're a startup company or you're relatively new in the industry, you want people to kind of know who you are at this event. And a lot of the things that come in is just really tall hanging signs. That way it's easy to find you. Um, Of course, technology with LED walls. When you look at a beautiful LED wall, you can't help yourself but stop and look. So um, uh, LED walls, as far as an open structure that's kind of inviting, that's going to allow the exhibitors to kind of flow through and understand and and still get... um, an idea of the story that you're trying to tell by your booth, you know? Um, um, what else? 
<laughs> I think the interesting thing you say there is, you know, that the things you mentioned are an open stand, um, great signage, brand awareness. And actually we're saying, what are the new things that people are asking for? And they're sort of just the basics that have always been in good stand design. So as good as like technologies and all these like whizzy games and trying to grab people's attention and stuff going on, yeah. it's like actually just the basics of a nice open stand that people can get onto and some great signage and some great lighting. Yeah, it's probably where you need to start. Yes, yes, if you're going to start. And of course, you know, there, you mentioned kind of like some uh, atten attendee activations. Um, currently for me, like if I see a basketball hoop thing um, where you got to shoot, you got to make the ball in the hoop in order to get a little gift, like there's lines of people who just want to play basketball um, or shoot the ball. And in, their, in, in return of that, you get their information and then you can send them emails and they can become a lead um, potentially, you know, if, if it's a fit. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And I think um, technology, we talk to a lot of our clients about, oh, we need a, an iPad or we need to do virtual reality or augmented reality and all those kind of things. And we've been to exhibitions recently where the whole point of exhibitions is you're face-to-face -face and you're talking to people and it's human contact. And then you've got people stood there with these great big like headsets on who were just experiencing something on their own. And you kind of think, is that what an exhibition is all about? You know, as you say that, there's lines of people waiting to play basketball. Well, maybe they yeah. get talking to each other. Maybe they start doing some business between each other that exactly. they hadn't anticipated. And we sort of forget that as brilliant as tech is, it should be there to amplify what you're already doing, not replace everything that, that you were doing before, I think. So, yeah, of course. Yeah. So we're huge fans of Steelhead, as I've said, and, and there's lots of... Um, the reason that we found is because of the content you put out to help exhibitors, because of the, here's how to generate some ROI, here's how to stuff, stuff your stand, here's questions you should be asking. So as an organisation, why do you feel it's important to do more than just rent out booths to people? Why, what, what, why do you feel you've got a role to play in helping exhibitors do exhibitions better? I think, um, you know, based on, on the conversations we have internal, I think it's important to kind of change the, the stigma that going to an exhibit as an exhibitor um, comes off as stressful. Um, you know, you have the long days, of course, and, and things like that. So trying to instill some fun throughout the process, there's, there's, it's no secret that logistical burdens um, can be stressful and meeting deadlines when you're not necessarily aware of a certain show or, or the process of it can be stressful. So kind of letting exhibitors know and even event managers like, you know, you can still execute some really awesome stuff and have fun, you know. Um, a quote from my our CEO, Sean Combs, that I, I absolutely love is, we do serious stuff but we don't take it so serious. Yeah. And, and it's like, it's really the, the vibe um, around the, the culture in here in the office. Everyone's in a good mood. Even if you come in at seven o'clock or eight o'clock in the morning and you, you work till, you know, long hours, sometimes we have to work long hours to get, to get certain things done. And I think it's, it's important to let people know that you can enjoy what you're doing, you know? Yeah. And if you're not enjoying it, then, something's wrong and you got to make a change you know it's it's such a valid point so we talk all the time with clients about if this feels like really really hard work and that in the pit of your stomach you're thinking oh god i'm not really looking forward to this i'm not really enjoying it then it's probably not the right job or the right project for you to be on because exhibitions yeah, they're, they're really hard work anybody who says oh they're dead easy you just turn up and talk to a few people it's it's not it's such hard work yeah yeah, it, sh it should be fun. You should be excited. You should be thinking you can have a laugh and you know enjoy yourself at the same time. And yeah, and to that, I think people, um, if you enjoy what you do as an event manager and you're generally happy and you got a smile on your face, people are more willing to come to you and talk to you. Yeah. And that's kind of how you create relationships. Um, and you never know where what might come from that. Um, and that's as simply as just being happy at the event. You know. Yeah. Um, yeah. nobody wants to come talk to somebody who looks all stressed out. You just want to avoid that person. You want to find someone else to talk to. So enjoying what you're doing, um, and finding somebody who can help you do that, um, I think is huge. And as Steelhead, we, we incorporate that. We want to instill fun throughout the entire process of the event, not just the day you get to leave. <laughs> <laughs> 
example of that. <laughs> um, so you spend a lot of time around exhibition halls and looking at stands, booths when they're up and, and exhibitors. What are the things that you think exhibitors could do with most help on? What are the things that you see going wrong at exhibitions? Um, I think it's not valuing trade shows. Um, there's a lot of people who feel like they need to go, but they don't really value a stand or what um, an exhibit can can provide for you as as a company. And and really, depending on the on on your brand and the exposure that you get, it can change your company's life. You know, um, you can reven you can meet an investor who who really believes in your story and likes what you've done so far, and they want to take it to the next level. Um, so I think I think to answer that question, it would be valuing trade shows a little more, you know, um, really get a grip on what what you're trying to do at the event. And and understand that people are there and people are intrigued. Lights intrigue people, you know, um, LED walls intrigue people. They they might not know who you are yet. But once they see certain things that attract the eye, it, it attracts them to come in and learn and kind of um, learn a little bit about your story and identify like, okay, yeah, that's cool. You know, I think I want to get that or, you know, um, whatever the situation may be, I think it's important to, to value trade shows, you know, not just because I'm in the industry. Um, it's, it's just a game changer. If you do it, if you do it in a really good job and you work with some really good partners and there's a ton, there's a ton of great people um, and exhibit houses who do amazing work um, all around the world. And it's important to find somebody who's going to help you and guide you through the process of making sure that you can crush all of your goals along with having a little bit of fun um, and, and really hit and attract people to, to get brand exposure and allow people to understand, hey, you know, um, we're here, this is what we do. And if you're interested, you know, let's have a conversation and mm -hmm. talk a little bit more about it. And I think it's, it's such a, um, a vital point. We talk about it a lot where you talk to exhibitors and it's like, well, you know, why have you invested in this trade show? And they're like, oh, because my boss told me to, or we've done it every year for the last 30 years, or, well, we're in this industry and it's our trade show, so we felt like we should be here. And they just kind of pay their money, get their space, turn up kind of half-heartedly with a couple of banners or posters and haven't really thought about, like, who do we actually want to meet at this show and what conversation are we going to have, what are we going to sell to them, how are we going to move the, the conversation on. And then they come at the end of it and just go, well, that was a waste of time, I didn't get anything. And you, you kind of think exactly as you say, you, not valuing that the contribution that a trade show can make to your whole marketing plan and the conversations it can start um, and sounds like you have that challenge in the same way in the US that we have it in the yes. UK. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So we touched on it briefly um, earlier on and as an industry, the exhibitions industry, we know we have an issue with sustainability. Um, mm -hmm. We build kind of shopping centers, for want of a better word, for two or three days in big exhibition halls and then rip them down and throw everything away a couple of days later. And mm -hmm. um, we know we're not particularly sustainable. So lots going on in the, in the industry in general. How's your organization facing up to the sustainability challenge? So I think, um, you know, I think we're doing a better job. I think it's becoming more trendy to to kind of jump into a rental philosophy where you don't have to throw away so much wood panels or plastic or whatever it is that you're using to create your your booths. Um, here at Steelhead, we have an inventory of our own. You know, we use B matrix panels that come from Germany, and and it's really awesome because we get to reuse this stuff. You know, and you're not. You're not just taking it, using it once, throwing it away, and then building it again. Yes, it does create more work um, for, and it creates a little bit more jobs. But for the planet, it really just doesn't help, you know. Um, and we all live on this planet, so it's kind of important to do our own little part and help make it a little better. Um, you know, we can't solve it. Not one person or one or one company can solve the issue, but just raising awareness to like a rental philosophy. Um, where you can, you, an exhibit house will reuse all their inventory and still create a custom layout depending on your brand. You know, you, you, the, the issue and the stigma with the rental is that they all look the same, 
right? Oh, you're gonna rent a booth. It's like a cookie cutter template, and your template look or your booth looks like his booth, and his booth looks like her booth, and and I think that's the stigma around it. And yes, um, there is places that do sell a certain um, template to you, and then you kind of just put ad graphics and things like that. But that goes back to valuing an event, you know, and valuing trade shows. Like if if you want a custom layout. Um, it's possible to do it in a rental way. And I think here at Steelhead, um, if anybody has a chance to check out our portfolio, um, you can see that not the, the booths don't look anything alike. They're all very different. And each custom booth is as unique as the brand that we're, that we're partnering up for, for that event. And we really allow um, kind of the event manager to dictate what the design looks like, yeah. you know? And, and as long as you've got good structure, you can do that. And it's really interesting. It's, it's really encouraging, actually, to hear you talking that way about rental because it feels like it's a solution to a lot of the challenges around sustainability. But I know that a lot of people have a real nervousness around, I'm just going to look like the 3,000 other booths that are in the hall that day. And, <laughs> yes. You know, it's, even if they look a little bit like it, it's just that attention to detail on the things that can bring your brand personality out. So whether that's some lighting, whether that's, um, some little pieces of kind of freestanding furniture or you know really thinking about being creative with your brand personality and your team your squad on the on the stand you can make it look very different but also be doing your bit for the planet so it's it's really encouraging to, to hear you talk about that um so we know we talk about planning we talk about you know how much work and effort that you guys put in as, as a lot of stand designers do and um you know, creating these amazing structures at, at exhibitions, but things can always and do always go wrong at trade shows. So has there been a really big disaster that you've managed to avert in, in your career? What's the, the biggest story you've got about when things went wrong? Okay, that's interesting because um, it was, it was a more recent event where the, they, were, they had a, like a, um, a coffee barista at the event, right, to serve coffee and things like that. But when the guy plugged, or the barista plugged his coffee maker in, it, it, it cut the circuit and killed all the power to the booth. <laughs> so the booth was done, the guy was setting up, it was early morning, you know, it was probably a couple hours before the show opens, and everyone's running around like, you know, the labor that's gonna take to get an electrician out here and all that stuff, and like, um, it, 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 it was, it was stressful at the time, um, mainly for, for us as the exhibit house, because what we do that's a little different than others is we guarantee a price and that kind of gives comfort to the exhibitor, right? You know, that no matter how many hours I go over, I'm not paying for that, you know, cause, cause if the price is guaranteed and we consider ourselves the experts, um, which in this case hours went over, right? We went over on hours, a little, a little more work had to be done to make sure that the, the booth worked properly and it, as promised. Um, and that was at no charge to the exhibitor, you know? Um, even though it wasn't our, our issue either, it was just something that we guaranteed it. Um, we, you know, we should have overlooked it and we took the responsibility of it. At the end of the day, it all got done. Nobody noticed anything. So um, it worked, it took a lot of long hours, but I think, you know, just the electrical issues and managing labor, you know, you, you, you estimate a certain amount of hours that it's gonna take. And sometimes it can go over or under. And when you're talking about budgets, it's important to not go over, right? Um, in the industry, I think it's common to get an addendum invoice after the show. So you paid your booth, you paid everything. And then after the show, you get the surprise bill saying, hey guys, we went over a couple hours or hey guys, it cost a little more than we thought it was gonna cost. You guys owe yeah. us this much, you know? Yeah. And I think that's a big challenge in the industry. And it's a good benefit to work with somebody who's gonna guarantee the price. That way you don't necessarily worry about it. That that person or that partner is responsible for executing your trade show booth. And it's going to be at whatever cost it is or whatever cost was promised to you. Um, and it can bring some comfort and, and really relax the mind. Yeah. So I think the rest of the day. It, and it's really interesting. I mean, budgets is such a contentious issue around exhibitions because quite often 
the people who are controlling budgets, the finance directors, the finance managers in companies just can sometimes see exhibitions as a waste of time and just this huge amount of money, which they, they can be and no real return. And I think what we try and do all the time is just say, just be honest about your budget up front, just agree what you're going to spend. And then there's not a surprise. So even if it is a, a scary-ish number, you know, if it's 20, 30, 40,000, it might feel scary, but at least you know what it is. There's nothing worse than thinking you're going to spend £10,000, not really keeping an eye on it, being a bit worried about kind of where it's going and then getting to the end and finding it's 30 grand, 30,000. You've exactly. got to go have that conversation. So, you're, you know, that budget thing, it's really tough, but have the honest conversations up front. And I think your point about guaranteeing the cost, definitely with your stand agency or your, your exhibition house, just agreeing that cost and saying, you know, you can't spend a penny more unless you signed it off with us, is a yeah, really reasonable conversation to have. I don't, I don't think anybody would, would worry about that. So um, so in terms of, we talked about the one that went wrong, which things always do. What about your proudest achievement? What's the kind of booth that you've created and you've thought, oh God, I'm really proud of that one. That's amazing. Oh man, there's a couple. There's really a couple. Um, I think based on design, I don't, I don't know if I can pick necessarily one, but there's a couple companies that I that I've enjoyed um, working with and visiting with and it's not even the, the the booth itself yes the booth was amazing and it looked great and everything was perfect on it but it was the people that we got to work with that made it more enjoyable you know and for me it was like flow hub they're a cannabis company um in the software industry with um like purchasing equipment and their entire staff was amazing you know you, you you're walking the show floor and everybody's smiling everybody's happy and the 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 crowd around that booth was amazing you know um people just wanted to be part of that energy and they kind of and they kind of uh just attracted and just got pulled by that positive energy and the positive vibes um but yeah i think that for for mj bizcon was a really was a really 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 good experience along with um a couple of others you know we've done case construction um which was a huge activation for us and and was just awesome I think right now, currently, um, to answer that question, I would have to say Cox Automotive, right? We so we did we're do, we're partnered up with Cox Automotive, and for NADA, and it's the biggest program we've done in steelhead history, and it's going on right now in our warehouse. Um, the client came in yesterday to kind of do a pre-check and because we do 100% pre-stage before the show to make sure everything's perfect and there's no surprises when you get to the show. And the way that it came out is stunning. You know, I think it's like yesterday, the CEO of the company was pushing a broom to make sure that the booth looked good. And you had everybody in the office cleaning and wiping down counters and it wasn't even required. People just noticed like, hey guys, you know, Let's help out, you know, and the team effort was amazing. So the show hasn't started yet, but I would say as a, as a team and as a, as a steelheader, that's going to be my most, you know, my most rewarding exhibit at the moment so far. And it's brilliant to hear that that's because the whole team was involved and yeah. you know, it, it's a whole team effort. And um, going right back to the start of that answer, it does always make me smile when, did you say that it's a cannabis company with a software Product. Yes. Because we're still kind of getting used to this whole cannabis thing over in the UK. So yes. we noticed this week somebody had put out a, these are the top new shows coming to Las Vegas, and one of them was a cannabis conference. And we were like, yeah, we're still trying to get our heads around that in the UK. So. <laughs> yeah, it's um, so the, the the whole cannabis industry is is has recently became legal um, here in Las Vegas and in a couple of other states. Um, and with that said, we have the biggest. Uh, marijuana conference here which is MJ BizCon just finished in December last month um, which was a success and it's doubling the as far as the number of exhibitors and attendees that are going to the show every single year so I think it was recognized as one of the fastest growing events in the world and it's interesting to to kind of just uh understand that because growing up you have this uh stigma of cannabis right yeah, yeah. and like um just just the way it's portrayed and and things like that so it's really interesting to see people kind of open up to it um and and really there's just a lot of opportunity there 
for both um, exhibit houses and uh, exhibitors who are trying to kind of step into a fresh industry and create create a name for themselves. And it feels like it's one of those where there'll be people who are just really intrigued, people who are just being a bit nosy, people who are genuinely seeing the commercial opportunities, some people who are thinking, oh, I can get rich quick out of this. It's just yeah. quite a, a really interesting audience, I think, going to that show. It might yeah. be one we have to go and check out, I think, later this year. And, yeah, I definitely well. recommend you check it out. <laughs> the, the, um, the energy at that show is one of my favorites. Yeah. Everyone is just in a better mood. Um, everyone's happy. Maybe because it's a new industry and everyone's trying to create new relationships and they're open to to learning a little bit about each other. Um, it's just a really good place to have really good conversations, um, no matter what the topic is. You know, it could you could get a step outside at a networking event and kind of talk about some personal things. Um, the people in that industry, in my opinion, have just been um, amazing and happy. You know, there might be a reason for that. <laughs> I was going to say, we're both, we're both kind of skating around the edges of, yeah, there's probably a reason why they're really happy yeah, in that industry. there's probably a reason for it. <laughs> Not promoting it, it, but yeah. Yeah, but it works, you know, <laughs> um, and it's enjoyable, um, and the people there are enjoyable. And yeah, it, it, it's definitely growing, and it's something that, as Steelhead, we got a, a, a grip on, right? Like, we, we understand that it's, it's a good opportunity for us to kind of step into that environment. Um, it's a good fit for who we are as far as like the exhibit happy philosophy, um, which is kind of our trademark motto. Um, and it really just, it really just kind of, I think it's a good fit for, for who we are as a company, as far as instilling fun throughout the process, because there are people who like to have um, a little bit of fun um, with their, while staying professional at the same yeah. time. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So um, you've obviously worked on loads of shows and loads of different events, but if you could work on or visit any show in the world at all, which one would it be? Um, that's a good question. So I'm pretty satisfied with, with MJ BizCon here in Las Vegas. I think it's a great show um, as far as like the way that it's growing at a rapid pace. Um, I think it's a good opportunity for all exhibit houses to kind of you know, dive in um, and learn a little bit about the industry as far as like everything that it has to offer. But another great show that has been moved to San Francisco, but when it was out here in Las Vegas, I enjoyed it so much. I had so much fun. It was VM World. Okay. And they have one in Barcelona. And I would love to go to Barcelona. One, because mm -hmm. I'm a Barcelona fan. So it, it would be interesting to go to that show um, just because it was a fun environment. You know, they had like a arcade setup, like an adult arcade setup um, here in Las Vegas where it was like life-size battleship. They had the world's longest foosball table. Wow. Um, and as an attendee, it's interesting because yes, you can go and do some business, but you want to just relax for a couple minutes and kind of unwind and then, you know, do have a little bit of fun and then go back into it, you know, yeah. so that you're not just drained out of the day and you can leave the event feeling accomplished and like, damn, that was fun. You know, I had a lot, I had a really good time. Um, and that was awesome. I met a lot of good people. I had a lot of great conversations and we got to play on the world's biggest foosball table, you know? <laughs> <laughs> well, we should definitely make a date to meet up at VM World in Barcelona and uh, maybe get ourselves to a football match that night as well and, and kind of live the whole Barcelona dream. So, that would be yeah. amazing. So we kind of we've been chatting for a while now, and we thank you so much for your your time. And um, really appreciate today. I know you've got a, a long day ahead of you as we kind of wind down, ready for for a beer. But uh, if you had one tip for exhibitors, just to round off our conversation, what would your number one piece of advice be? Um, smart goals. Go into the event. You know, obviously you want to do a little bit of shopping um, and find an exhibit house that's that's a good match for who you guys are. But if you don't have good, solid goals, um, you're not really going to succeed, you know. And that's not to, to, to bring negative energy, but if you don't know where you're heading, you're not going to get there. Um, and I think it's important to to understand what goals you have, whether it's a number of appointments that you want to set 90 days after the show 
whether it's the amount of revenue you want to bring in at the show. Um, I think it's important to understand what, why are you there? You know? Um, and once you know that it's kind of easier and you can express that to your partners and be like, Hey, look, this is what we're trying to do at this event. Yeah. What can you do for us? Yeah. You know? So I would say uh, set smart goals, smart, realistic goals. Um, of course, everybody wants to come out and just break the bank and, and you know, make a huge amount of revenue. Um, but it's, it's, it's important to stay realistic, um, understand who you are and where you are in the industry um, and set goals around that. You know, definitely aim for the aim for the sky. Um, I'm not trying to discourage that. You know, here we, we, we believe in, in just reaching your goals and and adding to that but to answer that question it would be smart goals set smart goals know what you want because if you don't know what you want you're not going to get it yeah and um, I, I say this in so many podcasts but if people could see me now as i'm listening to you i am sitting here like a nodding dog again going yes yes <laughs> that what he says do that please so yeah it's that one step that everybody misses when we kind of work with clients it's like what do you want to get out of this show we want to meet everybody and we want to sell loads of stuff and it's like we need a bit more detail than that and to be a bit yeah, smarter exactly. with your objectives. So, well, it was so good talking to you today, Omar. Thank you so much for your time. If people want to connect with you or find out more about what you do, how can they get in touch with you? So you can reach me on LinkedIn. Um, I post a lot of, this is mainly where I'm uh, active, is on LinkedIn. And it's just Omar, O-M-A-R. Jimenez is my last name, J-I-M-E-N-E-Z. Um, along with Instagram, it's semicolon or underscore Mr. Jimenez underscore. And that's kind of on a more personal level, but I'm open to engage um, with anybody who, who would like to kind of learn a little bit or get some tips and tricks on the exhibiting world. Brilliant. Thank but, you. Um, um, I would like to kind of, you know, invite everybody to check out, check us out on our website www.exhibithappy.com. Um, I think, you know, there's a lot of good blogs in there, like we talked about earlier, and, and it's just a really good setup for you to really understand what, what's important in the industry. I'm not the only one that's talking about it. You got the CMO who's talking about it. You got the CEO who's talking about it. You got my partner who also has his own tips and tricks on how to kind of elevate the industry and get what you want out of it. So check it out. Check out the website. Um, you can reach me on there or you can schedule some time with me if you just do the um, hashtag. No, semi. Uh, <laughs> it's exhibithappy.com. Uh, I can't think of the word. <laughs> Slash Omar. Jimenez um, and then if if you want to book some time with me my calendar is right there and you can definitely schedule some time and I'm always open to have a good conversation brilliant thank you and if anybody missed that it's exhibithappy.com um, and we would totally recommend checking out some of those blogs they've got some great information that isn't just about stand design there's loads of good stuff around everything to do with exhibiting the end to end so so you have a busy rest of the day before you can uh, hit the bars of Las Vegas and chill out a little bit tonight. But um, thank you so much for coming on board. And if ever you're coming to the UK, do get in touch with, with us or any of our listeners. I know we'd love to, um, to host you and show you some of what the UK exhibition scene has to offer. So thank you yes, for your time. Yes, definitely. I appreciate the opportunity. Um, and I will definitely take your word. I will visit the UK this year and we will meet up. Brilliant. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you so much. You have a wonderful rest of the day. I know it's getting laid out there. Um, and again, I, I'm very grateful for the opportunity. Thank you. So thanks there to Omar for giving up his time to speak to us after what we know has been a really busy few weeks for him with CES. And I hope that gave you a slightly different perspective on the exhibitions industry and some of the things that are happening internationally. So one thing that we know is hitting the headlines at the moment is, of course, coronavirus. And working in the industry that we do, it's undoubtedly going to have an impact, particularly on those international exhibitions where we know we have thousands, if not tens of thousands of people travelling all over the world to get to those shows. I noticed today that UFI have put out some information and updates about the situation and advice, and I know a lot of the international trade organisations based in different countries, are giving advice to their exhibitors and travellers about what to do. It's a really, really difficult situation, and I guess none of us have got an immediate answer, but also we don't want to be scaremongering, but it would be really interesting to hear from 
any of our listeners out there or anyone in the industry who's been affected at all, whether you were planning to exhibit and have decided not to now, and what does that mean for an impact on your business? If you were planning to visit a show and you're not now going, why did you decide not to go? What was it that was the real clincher to change your plans? I don't think any of us can anticipate how the next few weeks are going to play out with coronavirus. But if you'd like to come on the show and talk about it at all, we'd be delighted to hear from you. And maybe on the next edition of the podcast, we'll be able to give more of an update of uh, some of the research or advice or articles that have been published around the web uh, that you can check out if you're concerned about any of your plans for now or the future. So we'd love to hear from you if you have something to say on that topic. If you've got anything you'd like to talk about on a podcast, actually, we'd love to hear from you. Our aim is to try and inspire our listeners to just think a little bit differently from experts within the industry. So if you think you've got something to say, we would love to hear from you. Uh, So please do get in touch via the website or our LinkedIn profiles. That's all from us for this week. We're out and about this week working closely with the Department for International Trade. We have a workshop in Hertfordshire for the East of England Department for International Trade on Thursday. So if you're going to that, we look forward to meeting you there. And we have a webinar that is open to anyone in the country at all um, on how to prepare for international exhibitions on Friday. So again, check out our website, www.inspiringexhibitors.com or our LinkedIn profiles to get the links to register for either of those events if you'd like to attend them. The Exhibitionist book is still on sale via the website and we've got the Project Manager journal and workbook available as well. So please head over there should you wish to purchase those. And as a reminder, we do donate to the National Literacy Trust for every copy that we sell. Hope you have a great couple of weeks, whatever you're planning. Do keep in touch and happy exhibitioning. Pop over now to inspiringexhibitors.com to subscribe to our newsletters, blogs and future podcasts keeping you up to date with industry insight. While there, you can also find out more about The Exhibitionist, inspiring trade show excellence. Once again, thank you for listening.